career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey, 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 guys. It is time for another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, and yes, I'm a real and I really like to talk, and I love to chat with other guys about the stuff that, well, maybe they're making excuses about or some fears they're not facing or if they're constantly apologizing for living their life their way. And these are real conversations, just guys that I find that I can connect with. And today, this guy that I'm bringing on, his name is Scott Bates. He is from my World Domination Summit family. And those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while know this is one of those really cool, crazy conferences where you kind of get into the heart of everything, get to know people, go deep, go vulnerable, shed some tears, share some laughs. And he showed up at a meetup I did for what do you think? 40 plus real men, real talk. And we had some really cool moments together with about 20 other guys where we did go deep and vulnerable. And um, he started listening to the podcast, sent me a note. And I said, guess what? Anybody who sends me notes and says they like my podcast, they get sucked into being on it. So um, that's why we're here. So Scott, welcome to the podcast, buddy. I'm glad you took advantage of being on here. Rick, I'm totally happy to join you. And, and, you know, as your intro says, I was one of those guys making excuses. And I still find myself making excuses for how I live my life and my, my vulnerabilities. And, um, yep. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share because I, I feel like I've got a lot of life experiences. I agree. And, and some of the preamble that Scott had shared with me via email is um, he's gone through some big stuff. He's been a firefighter, a paramedic, he's been a single dad, and then he's gone through some challenging divorce. And we both share that challenging divorce piece. And I want to kind of talk about that today and just have a conversation because sometimes, as Scott pointed out in his email, there's some stuff that comes up that kind of makes us dads look like we're not the guys we should be. And, you know, we're not going to go into deep detail, but we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what kind of happened. So, Scott, you kind of got backed into that space where, man, I want to make sure I have really good impact with kids and stuff. So what was that like for you going through the divorce and then suddenly what started to happen? Yeah. So, and just to say the divorce wasn't my idea. It, it kind of came, I won't say it came out of left field. It was probably eminently going to happen, Sure. Uh, but I was willing to try and I was trying to make things better. And, and, uh, uh, my wife at the time just decided it wasn't worth it. But, um, what you don't know is, uh, my, my kids were young at the time. They were, they were, uh, four and seven. Um, and I remember coming home one day after uh, a long weekend of work and my house was empty. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything. Wow. Was gone. Um, and again, knew it was coming as so it wasn't total surprise, but just that finality of things. And as it, the emotion was overwhelming. I think I probably okay. cried for, for two, <laughs> two straight days afterwards, just feeling sore for myself and feeling totally empty. And totally like, wow, this was the biggest failure of my life. Uh, and, you know, I think for guys, we, we struggle and there's animosity and, and each partner is trying to define themselves as being right or just in their decision to, to move on. Um, and, uh, and sometimes, you know, that you can make excuses why this is good or why you're right. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, I struggled with my my ex. She was very protective of our kids and mm-hmm. did not want to give an inch on anything. So, you know, we went through the divorce and, um, you know, even though she's the one that left and she's the one that had the affair and she's the one that chose to move out, um, the state just gave her primary custody of those. Yep. And I, I got the standard, you're one weekend a, a month and you're every other, or excuse me, one, one yeah. One weekend every two weeks or so, and then one Wednesday night. Right. And, you know, that bugs, that bugs the crap out of me because unless you've done something horrendous that would justify suddenly go from being full-time dad to every other weekend and one day a week, I just, I don't get it. And I think this is where the deadbeat dad syndrome and why mention, you know, blah, 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 what all the bullshit that we hear about is such a bad rap for dads. Because my ex, she flat out said, well, you're not getting off easy on this. You're going to have the, you're going to share these kids 50, 50, everything. And I was like, I didn't want anything less. That's what I wanted. And so she point blank looked at the mediator and said, "Uh, no, this every other weekend and one night a week is not going to be what he's going to do. He's going to have them half the week and I'm going to have them half the week. And I'm sitting there going, yes, that's what I want. And um, I think it's kind of sad that we default to this. Here's the way it is. And then suddenly the dad is the one left out in the cold, so to speak. Yeah. And that's it. And uh, we didn't even have a mediator. It, it is wow. basically was a judge's decision and I was notified of that. There was no court there. You know, we didn't, no, nothing happened with that. Um, and we had no money at the time. I mean, we were broke and, um, you know, in my child support wasn't a huge amount of money, but for me at the time, when you have no money and anything else, anything going is out, huge. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'd lost my house because I could no longer afford the house because now I'm a single, single income. Yeah. Um, and I ended up having to move to a tiny apartment. And, uh, and there, there were just the frustrations with that. And when I did have my kids, um, I was working three jobs at the time just to make ends meet. And, uh, and one of those being a paramedic that just wasn't making, uh, making a great contribution financially with that. Um, but, y- yeah, you, you mentioned that I, I – went through that process and it was very challenging for me. And I, and my learning from that was I wasn't the only one, so many other guys mm-hmm. stuck in that. And you don't know, cause you want to fight, but, and you don't want to drag your kids through things. Right. You're trying to do what's right. And you're also trying to get on with your life at the same right. time. And you're, and you feel guilty for being um, selfish in yep. those things. And yep. then I would feel guilty two or three years down the road when I started to acclimate to, to being single or being with another person. And then I have my kids for that off weekend. I'm not prepared for all the, all the challenges that go with having yep. your kids full time. Right. And then you start feeling, well, wait a minute, I'm resentful because now I have them and I don't have my free time anymore. And that was a whole different set of feelings that was un- unexpected. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, really try to find a way to uh, engage with other single fathers who were going through some of the same things. And mm-hmm. I wasn't looking to promote the, the true deadbeat dad that was just revoking the responsibilities. But so many, so many of us didn't have a voice. There were no resources uh, for dads who were newly single or, or yep. single parents at all versus single moms and, and how, uh, you know, just the culture uh, revolves around uh, As the mom women. side of things. Right, exactly. And yeah. I, what I find so interesting is Okay, this it still exists even today. I mean, it's gotten better, but even today, <laughs> for the single dad, it's not as much information. But as we kind of did 
in the meetup, it's like what we discovered is guys don't talk about this stuff unless guys go find other guys who are willing to talk about it. And then we kind of sit there and scratch our heads and go, why isn't there more resources? When honestly, if I grabbed ourselves literally kind of balled by the proverbial balls and said, okay, so let's make some resources. There's, there's ways that guys can do this. And I've talked to so many guys who've gone through that. And I was, I feel very fortunate that the way I went through it, I got to see my kids. I had them. Yes, there are times I'm like, oh my God, having them half the time is like as much of a chore is the other way. But thank God I did because now they are so much a part of my life. They always have been. And I think if we could help other guys go, you're not alone, number one. Number two, somehow start having some voices of, yes, there truly are some deadbeat dads. But I think there's a whole lot more that aren't deadbeat dads who just really want to have it. And it's a tough one because depending on what was the cause of the separation, the divorce, everybody becomes, okay, you are, you are taking my shit away and I'm going to make you pay for it. So that's kind of a tough one too that we all have to navigate. So what was the thing that started to really help you like, you got into this space where you're like, okay, things are going good. And then you start feeling the guilt of, well, why and I like kind of being single, but then when I have the kids, I'm struggling. But then I'm also kind of feeling guilty because there are those moments like, I really wish I wasn't having them. Trust me, man, I'm raising my hand, felt that before. What was, started, what was kind of the turning point you started going, okay, I, I've got this. I can move this ball forward. Yeah. Um, I, I really want to say it was, I learned to forgive. So it was no longer blaming. It was no longer being angry, uh, even though she may have been angry and very difficult to work with on many different occasions. Um, I, I learned to meditate. I learned to, again, just, just forgive and, uh, and not, not dwell on what I can control. Um, and then I tried to you know, do some planning around when I had the kids. So they didn't just show up and we didn't know what to do. And it, and again, when you don't have money and your kids are in a, and we were lived in a different town. And so they didn't know any kids here. Uh, there weren't other kids to play with. And um, so I started looking around to say, Hey, I live in, you know, around Portland, Oregon, that's a big city. There's lots of stuff going on. There's lots of parks and rec and things that are free and very low Mm -hmm. cost. And so I started finding out what those things were. And then I, at the time, created a website that I could share those with other single dads to say, hey, you don't have to spend a lot of money for your kids. You can still go out and have fun. And it's going to be these fun things they're going to remember versus the money you spent taking them to a movie or something. Um, And then that ended up growing a little bit more and a little bit more. And then we found out, hey, we could go to sporting events. And people were actually on board with with, uh, doing some single dad stuff. We formed a a nonprofit group. um, uh, it lasted about six years. That was, had some really good things. And I think made some incredible memories, uh, for, for parents. And then we opened it up for all single parents, not just single dads, but we had single moms with it too. And we just wanted to embrace it and, yep. and really say, you got to get past the, you got to get past the hate. You got to get past the, the anger of that. Um, and, and move on, you know, get on with life and, um, understand your kids are watching and they're paying attention, right? They, they know what's going on. They're not, they're not so innocent that, that they don't get the struggles that are happening. Kids are so observant. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. Even, okay. My kids, as you well know, from WDS, they're in their twenties and um, we still have issues. We didn't used to have issues. And, and just in the past few years, we started having some issues with my ex. 
And even at 20 and 24, I realized how the slightest thing I can say or blow up, (laughs) sometimes it's slight, sometimes it's a huge blow up, still has a huge impact. Mm-hmm. It's a huge yeah. impact on what, how they perceive our relationship, which they pretty much know. Um, our particular situation, they pretty much know there's just no relationship. So we're, co- we're okay with that. But we do enough relationship when it concerns something that involves the kids. But I have had to learn in so many ways to vent outside of a, and away from them simply because I want them to learn how to have a healthy relationship. Now, that doesn't mean I go bury it in, you know, right, right. that needs to be said that they need to know about. We sit down and we have an adult conversation. And I think this is one of the things I learned, it sounds like you learned it too, is first of all, the hate and the anger that doesn't do anybody any good. But secondly, when you're going to share these things with your children, you got to present it to them at the age level that they can actually comprehend it. Absolutely. Because that's going to make you, even if the other party, even if the ex-wife or the ex-husband isn't going to present it that way, I can tell you that my kids, both daughters have told me over and over again as they become young adults, we respect you because you're the mature parent. And that's a biggie. And that even when I'm an asshole, (laughs) they still come back around. Yes, but you still, you know, you're still the more mature parent. And I, I have to hand that a lot to my husband because he is like the rock that keeps us all kind of like on the solid ground. Um, but I think it sounds like you've done the same thing. So let's kind of fast forward here to where, where are you now? How are you doing? I love this idea of the website. That's amazing. I, I didn't know this part of your story, so I'm glad you shared that. But where are things now? How are you handling stuff with kids? And Yeah. So, so my, my kids are, are older as well, 22 and, and 19. Um, and you know, somewhat on their own, they're, they're young adults, I wish they'd make better decisions than they're making. <laughs> That's my struggle now is to say, gosh, guys, you know, I live the path you're going down. And I really wish you would just listen to me. Just yep. Please, please yep. listen. I can save you all of this pain and suffering. That you're exactly. exactly. And they choose to not, to not listen and choose to go their own way and then, and then fall into the same thing. So, so we, we struggle, but they, they both know and, and their mom and I are in a much better place. We can have civil. I, I can't remember. I can't tell you the last time we've had a real, uh, difficult conversation. Uh, it, it's been pretty smooth for a number of years now. Cool. Uh, she's she's remarried. I'm remarried, and uh, you know, so th- that's that's pleasant. Uh, yeah. We can be in the same room together. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, it, it sounds know, like I, things are. You know, here's the thing, and something I want to make sure we pull out of this because you just said the thing about being in the same room together, and as you said that, I'm like, I can't. <laughs> And I know I could, it's just, there's still that thing. And so that tells me I still have some work to do. I still have some work. Even if she's going to not be the one, I have some work to do to go, okay, I can drop the bullshit and do it because we're, we're getting to that point where, I mean, literally the last time we were anywhere close to each other was high school and college graduation because our kids are four years apart. So each those milestones hit at the same time. Right. And, um, that was literally the la- last time we were really close to each other. And I thought, okay, so the next time this comes up, it's probably going to be weddings if they choose to do that. And then, of course, babies when they choose to do that. And I'm going to have to figure this out, you know, ahead of time because those are those moments for those girls. Those moments aren't for me. And I think that's one of the things that as we grow into this stuff, we need to do it so much better. Yeah, and I'll and I'll say that is it always comfortable? No, there's there's no. still some things I'm still guarded. I still 
I still hold back from what I'm going to say and the dialogue yeah. is minimized and, yeah. um, but you know, I also feel I'm mature enough. And, and again, I, I, I really think being able to forgive and, and there was a lot of really hurtful things that were done from her towards me, um, that she at one point even apologized to, which was amazing because she's wow. not the apologetic type person. Um, and I, it made me cry <laughs> the apology just cause it was so, it was so much I needed to hear that. I didn't even know I needed to hear that. Yeah. 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 But after so many years of just bearing that in and, and feeling, um, the way it made me feel, um, I says, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that that was very hurtful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, your reactions and your, the way you handle things. So that's amazing. Um, but yeah, getting a chance to move past that. I wish everybody had that opportunity. It's, it's, it's a struggle. It's mm -hmm. never perfect. You, I, I'm always thinking when you see the TV and people are best friends after the divorce, I go, How, who does that? Right. <laughs> exactly. Where, where that happens. Exactly. exactly. Um, you really have to work at that. And, um, but it's so interesting. I think there's probably a really great place to kind of bring it full circle. <laughs> Whether you're working at your relationship when you're together or you're working at your relationship when you're divorced, it's still work either yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think this is what people go, I've seen so many people go through this and they don't do the work. And then they wonder why they're still <clears throat> in that space of hating each other and not getting along. And it's like, you're not doing the work and the work can be, okay, we're not going to be this way or the work can be, we're better off not even trying to be any in any kind of relationship and let's both accept that and then let's move on and mm -hmm. i think we're the biggies so yeah so real quick here as we wrap up i'm curious if you could give anybody listening any dad listening here or somebody who will someday be a dad that advice of like here's what i do if you get caught in this space and i think you kind of already alluded to it with the forgiveness but if you get caught in this divorce space what would you give somebody the advice to i really would say that they probably heard it before but it's all about the kids because the kids are gonna be a sponge they're gonna actually everything is going to affect them the yeah. emotions going on they're going to sense that they things are different mom or dad's out of the house and so love the kids be willing to talk to them be willing to share your feelings uh you know with them don't spouse bash yeah don't make one big. parent wrong. Um, th that's a big one because that, that puts your kids in a situation and then they, they, they essentially lose trust yep. and then they stop talking to you. Um, and that's, that's a big one. Um, but yeah, that's a huge one. kids are going to remember happy things. And, and this is a very stressful, very stressful time, but they're going to remember the time you guys went to the beach together or you went on a hike or those fun things you did at the water park or, uh, you know, whatever. Those yep. are the memories it's not the things you buy or did not buy. It's not the birthdays. It's yep. little, little things. I promise you is what's going to make them uh, feel more normal and loved. And that, that should be your goal. Well, hey, buddy, I'm so glad you took the opportunity and took the invitation to come do this. This has been a great, 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 great opportunity to have a conversation again. Love that you came from your heart and then really appreciate you being here, buddy. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate what you're doing for the community as well. It's uh, fantastic. Can't wait to see you again. That's a wrap for 40 plus. Real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus Real Men, Real Talk, where the conversations continue.